0: Thankful for life and being here and doing things that we can do, especially in the time we are in right now. Crazy, crazy COVID-19 era. I have been trying for months to not say the word COVID on a podcast. Haven't been able to do it yet. So I'm like, you know what? I might as well just embrace it and say it from the beginning. And then hopefully it doesn't get said that much going through. But it's going to because that's what we're living in right now, unfortunately. But we have high school postseason athletics going on, so I am thankful for that. Hopefully you are too. It is awesome for the kids to be able to compete, try to win things. And it is awesome for family members to be there, loved ones to be there, girlfriends, boyfriends. And of course, it's awesome for media podcast hosts to talk about it to talk with them, to enjoy it. Speaking of episode 120 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, I am your host, Brandon Lachance. We have playoff student-athletes on the show today, LaSalle, Peru girls' tennis players, seniors, the number one doubles team, Lauren Klein and Brianna Strell, along with LP coach Aaron Gunther. Show's going to be amazing, they're great guests, talk all kinds of stuff, we have a lot of jokes, broke down a top five food meals that you enjoy with all three of them. Coach Gunther said he likes to cook and I ran with it. I'm like, he likes to cook, we all like to eat, let's see what we got. We're talking about home cooked meals. Not fast food, not buy a box, put it in a microwave, home cooked meals. Okay, maybe restaurants, maybe sit-down diners, but home-cooked meals. And you can definitely see the difference of ages from Aaron Gunther to two seniors in high school and the difference of what their meal choices are. It's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. And we'll share it here on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. The girls' tennis sectionals did start today, Friday, October 16th. And continue Saturday, October 17th, same as usual, two-day sectional. But there is only sectionals. We are not moving to a state tournament afterwards. So everybody trying to play the best tennis they can because for the season at least, it's the last tennis they're going to play. Sad, but still kind of sweet because they are getting to play. Nobody thought there would be a season this year at all. So shortened, condensed but still get to play. I'm gonna keep this episode straight high school. We got the sectionals of tennis started today, going to tomorrow, like I just said. The boys and girls golf regionals were last week, so sectionals were this week, Monday through Wednesday. Got some swimming results, got some cross country results, got it all here for high school. So we might as well just have this a prep episode There will be shows of Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Saturday and Sunday. The next two days, we'll break down all kinds of national stuff. Los Angeles Lakers winning an NBA championship. LeBron James winning his fourth NBA ring. We will dive into more of the Lakers and LeBron. MLB playoffs, the American League and National League championship series rolling around. They're getting fun and exciting and much, much, much more. NFL heads in the week six. Just a lot going on. So we have plenty of content, info for episodes 121 and 122 on Saturday and Sunday. The guest for those episodes tomorrow on Saturday, 121, will be Ian Roach. He was the first, I guess, real interview real guest we had on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. The very, very, very first show, we tried to have Mendota Soccer on as they were winning a regional, but it was really hard to hear them. The audio equipment that I tried to use did not work, was not great. So I quickly thought, light bulb, flickered, 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 and bam, came on. Made some adjustments, got some equipment, and now we got the show that we know today and has improved and improved and improved and continues to improve, I hope. But Ian Roach was on episode 2. So he was kind of the first like real guest that you could hear and that we had a great show with. And he's back. The man just won an NJCAA Division 2 Region 4 Men's Golf Regional Championship. I said that slow because that is a tongue twister. And IBCC advanced as a team taking second place. So congrats to them. We have Ian on to talk all about that. Great guest as always. Sunday, we have LaSalle Peru grad from 2009. Karch Kowalczyk was drafted by the Dodgers. Is now playing in an independent league. Love and life. We talk all kinds of awesomeness with Karch. So Please keep coming back Saturday, Sunday, always. I mean, we try to keep these interesting, entertaining, and different kinds of guests for us to get different kinds of stories. Always staying on the edge of our seats. So let's break it down. Start with girls tennis, because it started today, on Friday, at the 1A Ottawa sectional. Let's list off the teams first. LaSalle, Peru, Mendota. St. Bede, Ottawa, Marquette, Princeton, Morris, Cole City, Streeter, Pontiac. I tried to get the best brackets that I could find for the Ottawa sectional. Did not get a doubles bracket, but did get some single stuff here. There's three rounds. First round, second round, third round. Whoever wins the third round goes into semifinals. That would be the final four and then obviously the finals. In round two, Ottawa's Ella Marvel defeated Streeter's Lucy Zavada, while St. Bede's Carolyn Miskiewicz knocked off Pontiac's Kyra Cotter, setting up a battle between Ottawa and St. Bede in round three. For Saturday in the second round, Cole City's Molly Styles is going to play Nora Iken from Princeton. The winner will meet either LaSalle Peru's Katherine Ingalls, or Morris's Libby Wright. Libby got into the second round by beating Mendota's Maddie Pappas in Friday's action. Also in the second round is Claire Vogel of Streeter versus Emily Sapaniak of St. Bede and Morris's Kayla Walker versus Ottawa's Sarah Meyer. So not a lot got done in the Ottawa singles bracket, at least from what I saw. But as it keeps going, we will get more info in more interviews. The Rochelle class 1A sectional, in the singles bracket, Riley Bailey of Dixon is in the semis after defeating Newman's Sarah Tunick 6061. Riley is going to meet the winner of Freeport's Anika Foster and Sycamore's Ashley Olsen. Also still in the third round, fighting for semis. Lexi Rodriguez from Sterling is going to take on Maddie Matabano from Rockford Boylan. And Dixon's Taylor Harrison is set to meet Sycamore's Ella Sharp. The doubles bracket in the Rochelle sectional also has a bunch of crazy action going on. Rochelle's Sylvia Hayes and Sawyer McGee are in the semifinals. In the third round is Sycamore's Emma Harden, and Abby Bordage, they're waiting the second round matchup between Freeport and Boyland to see who they got to play. On the other side of the bracket, Rochelle's Melissa Young and Jordan Dickey, still alive in the second round. They will be playing Freeport's Maya Misik and Reese Kuhn. The winner will meet Olivia Stram and Adelia Young of Rockford Lutheran. And Sycamores Olivia King and hopefully I don't butcher this name, but Abby Golombisky are in the third round playing Anika Boone and Sarah Boyer of Boylan. Some of these names get tricky. Try my best. If you have any information about how to say them better, feel free to contact and help with the pronunciations of these names. It would be appreciated. Don't want to butcher them. Send an email. Edge of Your Seat podcast at gmail.com. Or, social media, Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook, and Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. And like I said, we will break down more of the brackets as they are played, as they come out. We will talk to more girls' tennis players as we have LaSalle Peru, number one doubles on this show. Definitely want to talk to more, all the time. Also happening this week was the Girls and Boys golf sectionals. We'll start off with boys. The Class 1A St. Bede sectional that was held at Spring Creek Golf Course in Spring Valley. Team scores. Elgin Academy took the sectional with a 333. Riverdale was second with a 336. Newman and Chicago Latin tied for third with 351s. Hinkley Big Rock was 7th with 367. Byron was one stroke behind Hinkley with a 368 for 8th, and St. Bede was 10th with a 384. Individual wise, Illinois Catholic's Jan Entendido won the sectional with a 78. Jackson Holsey from Westminster Christian and Alex Berlin from Elgin Academy and Elgin Academy's Nikel Karn all had 79s. Newman's Kyle Wolf tied for 6th with an 82. There was a four way tie for 9th. St. Bede senior Nathan Pothoff, also a guest of Edge of Your Seat podcast, and Blake Wolf of Newman both had 85s for that four way tie, or in that four way tie. In a four way tie for 13th was Newark's Camden Figgins with an 86. Tying for 17th with 87s were Byron's Eric Dedig and Samanach's Tyler Jansen. And Hinckley's best score of the day was Ben Hinsky with a 88 for 25th place. Can you hear that train? It is very loud. Welcome to Small rural Life in Illinois you can't plan around it you never know when they're coming seems like they're always here just trains 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 but the show must go on of the schools we follow at edge of your seat podcast which is a lot i counted the other day of the schools i had marked down 42 schools i like it i like variety want to talk to as many people as possible it's always fun want to hear different stories can't get different stories talking to the same people all the time. At the Class 1A Tuscola sectional, Seneca's A.J. Stiegler, cards an 81 for a three-way tie for fifth place. Fuelcrest, Coy Allen takes eighth with an 82, and Roanoke Benson's Luke Sauter was in a five-way tie for 27th with an 87. A Lot of awesome golf scores here. It's what happens when you get this far in the playoffs. The Class 2A Freeport sectional. Ottawa was there. Princeton was there. Winning it all was Caneland with a 314. Crystal Lake South was second with a 332. The two teams I just mentioned that we love here at Edge of Podcast. Ottawa took sixth with a 335. And Princeton with a 347 was eight. Individually, first was Crystal Lake South's Will Stewart with a 73 two. Ottawa had a couple top 10 finishers as Drake Kaufman was in a three-way tie for fifth with a 78 and Drake Stout with a 79 was in a tie for eight. Jamie Reinhardt from Princeton was 10th with an 80. Sycamore Sam Fulbauer had an 82 for 19th and Matt Lawton from Morris was 37th with an 87. Moving on to the to a Peoria-Richwood sectional. McComb won with a 314. Quincy Notre Dame had a 322 for second. Geneseo was eighth with a 354. Quincy Notre Dame's Alex McCullough won with a 73. And Hayden Moore was the best Geneseo finisher with a 37th place, 85. And Streeters' Jacob McGanna had an 88 for 39 in 3A action at the Rockford Auburn sectional. DeKalb's Brett Peglo was 10th with a 77 after winning the regional. And Danny Franzine was 24th with an 83. Both DeKalb golfers putting in work. Girls golf, just as exciting I say. Class 1A Rock Falls sectional. Lots of, <laughs> lots of, lots of awesome scores here. The top two finishers at the Rock sectional, Boylan's Eva Greenberg and McComb's Lily Vardaman, both had 75s. Right behind them, one stroke behind them, with a 76, was Rochelle's Megan Therabog, who came in third. Congrats to Megan, that is not easy. The 76, the competition that is here, insane. Dixon had three golfers in the top 15. Olivia Rick was 8th with an 81. Katie Drew, a freshman, was 14th with the an 84. And Bella Heintzelman was 15th with an 86. Bella's 86 tied with three other golfers that we love to talk about at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Byron's Paige Bukowski, Kiwanis, Natalie Yepsen, and Myra Maracha. Can't forget about Geneseo's Keeley Nugent, who with an 83, did finish 12th. From Oregon, Ava Hackman was 33rd with a 94. And also from Geneseo, finishing 37th, was Miranda Romer with a 97. Seneca Sectional still class 1A. Normal U got the win with a 332. Bloomington Central Catholic was second with a 342. And Sandwich came in 8th with a 429. U-High's Reagan Kennedy won with a 74. Plano's Faith Malloy, who advanced as an individual, finished 22nd with a 92. While Sandwich's best was Elijah Campbell, who had a 98. And at the Class 2A, Dundee Crown sectional, Sycamore's Brianna Shulman had a 79 for 6th place. The winner of that was Ali Santos from Stevenson, who had a 71. Congratulations to the golfers who performed last week at regionals, this week at sectionals, played their hearts out, left everything on the courses. And of course, big props, big shout outs to all the tennis players that were in the sectional today and will continue tomorrow. Just a great time. Love high school athletics, and of course, Postseason is the best. Postseason for swimming and cross country starts next week. Still have a couple regular season things going on. On Tuesday, October 13th, the LaSalle Peru Ottawa Streeter Co op defeated Olympia 86 42. Junior Peyton Heggie won four more events. If I recall this right, she has only lost one event, swimming four each meet. She's only lost one the whole season. And she's over 40 events in. She won the 200 freestyle in two minutes, 2.74 seconds. The 50 meter freestyle in 26.41 seconds. The 100 freestyle in 56.82 seconds. And the 100 breaststroke in one minute, 12.64 seconds. Also winning for LaSalle Peru was senior Nicole Basic, who won the 100 backstroke with a time of 1 minute 10.2 seconds. On Thursday, yesterday, the Amboy Girls and Boys cross country teams wrapped up their regular season with a meet against Freeport, Aquin, Galena, and Polo. Both teams won. The Girls and Boys victorious. The Girls won with a 23 while Aquin had a 32. Remember, you have to have five finishers to report a team score. For the Amboy Girls, the Lady Clippers, Lauren Althouse won with a 21-01. Madeline McLaughlin was fourth as she came in 22 minutes, one second. Brittany Mundle was seventh with a 22-55. 10th was Brooklyn Welchel with a 24-27, and with a 24-33 was Bailey Ellis at 11. For the boys, they won 29 to Polo's 46 and Galena's 48. Brock Loftus, his 8th win of the season. Racking up the miles, racking up the Ws. Loftus won with a 16-11. Kyler McNich was third with a 17-11. Andrew Jones was seventh with an 18-19. Finishing eighth was Wyatt Lundquist, 1823. And also finishing for the Clippers was Garrett Pertel, who with a 1957 was 13th. So we will see what the LaSalle Peru Girls Swimming Co-op can do in the pool come sectional time this upcoming week And what the AMBOY boys and girls cross country teams can do on the course. Well, went over a lot of stuff in this high school edition of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We will start off with LaSalle Peru girls tennis coach Aaron Gunther. Then we will kick it to Lauren Klein, a senior who as a junior advanced to the state tournament last year. And then her partner this year in senior Brianna Strell catch the episodes on Saturday and Sunday and all previous episodes of edge of your seat podcast on Spotify Apple music iTunes and Google music what else can we say let's talk some tennis with the lady Cavaliers until next time peace looking out my kitchen window on a Monday Columbus Day October 12th it is Looks like it just got done raining, it's kinda dreary. Hopefully, this week on Friday will not be like that as the LaSalle Peru girls' tennis team is in sectional action along with all the other teams ready to compete for some hardware, the IHSA level. I am fortunate, very happy to have the Lady Cavaliers coach with me right now. Aaron Gunther, what's up, my man? How much? How about you, Brandon? I'm doing well, like I said, looking out this window, and hopefully you guys have better weather than we have right now.
1: Oh, you can only hope. I mean, Saturday when we had conference, was beautiful, it was mid-80s, there was a little bit of wind. This is uh, not ideal tennis weather right
0: now. No, not at all. Actually, if you think about it, weather really hasn't been that bad the last few weeks.
1: No, it's, it's been kind of on uh, late fall-like where... Normally, you've got the rain,
0: you've got the chill, and, and we've been fortunate enough to have some pretty warm weather this year. Well, this seems like an alright transition to get into this crazy year that we've had. Didn't know if we were going to have seasons. COVID-19 has changed some things around. Uh, weather has actually been a good sign, which it usually isn't. So, man, what do you think about this season and how everything has happened, occurred? This season has
1: been, I mean, if you're not able to be flexible, holy smokes, coaching in this era would be ungodly difficult. Uh, We've had to cancel tournaments last second. I mean, our very first tournament of the year in Morton got canceled at 7.30 the night before we were supposed to leave. So uh, stuff like that has been nuts. Then we've had to some tournaments that are out of our COVID region, we had to cancel. So then we're trying to call teams last second to get them to either come to us or we can go to them to set up stuff just to get the girls playing so yeah it's been it's been nuts it's been a good ride like you said we're fortunate to be playing the girls are having fun so it's hard to complain too much but yeah you've had, you've
0: had to be flexible this season that's for sure we will lead up to the sectional that again is this weekend october 16 and 17 at ottawa the class 1a ottawa sectional we'll start Kind of the beginning of the season. Lots of who knows what's going to happen because of COVID-19. Some sports were wearing masks. We got the social distancing. How was it starting the season getting the girls in some kind of groove with this thing over everybody's head and shoulders?
1: It was a little tough at the beginning of the season because IHSA is constantly changing. You need to wear a mask. You don't need to wear a mask. Okay, you don't need to wear a mask now, but you need to wear a mask in this situation. Early on, we are kind of tiptoeing around, trying to figure out if if the season was going to get canceled tomorrow. So It was kind of difficult at the beginning of the season, both for the girls and myself, to to really dive into it fully because you didn't know what was going to happen or what was going to change or what was going to get canceled, uh, I mean, even an hour from now. So that was kind of difficult, but once we actually got playing and... I was like, oh man, this is why I'm coaching and the girls were like, oh man, this is why we're playing. After that, it was, it was, it's it been easy to uh, get in the mindset of, okay, it's Tennessee, so here we go. But yeah, early on, it was a little tough
0: to get in that group. How were the girls kind of emotional-wise going into the sport or going into the season? Because usually, you know, there's a state tournament, you have things to look forward to. There isn't all these things changing day by day or week by week. But you still get the chance to play. There's still the competition. How was it like trying to get them to buy in to this season and be like, "Hey, you gotta play just like it's a normal season."
1: Like I said earlier, it was kind of tough to, to get going. But man, once we uh, played our first match, it was like nothing had changed because they just wanted to play so badly. Uh, if anything got canceled, they were saying, "Okay, well, when are we making this up? Are we making this up? I want to make this up. I don't. I don't want to uh, miss out." my my tennis season, like, I'm ready to compete, I'm ready to go out there and play and do my best. So, competition-wise, this season has been awesome because I think it's made them hungrier because they, they realize now how quickly it can be taken away from them. It's made that competition level even higher, I
0: think. Awesome. Let's break down the team a little bit. These girls that are very determined to play some tennis. Who's at singles and doubles for you this year? Uh, so our, our primary lineup has
1: Carly Miller, who's a sophomore, playing number one singles. Uh, Catherine Engels, who's a junior, uh, playing number two singles. Lauren Klein and Bree Strail, who are both seniors, playing number one doubles. Olivia Woods and Carissa Attenbach, who are both seniors, playing number two doubles. And then the season started off with Brooke Schiffbauer and Avery Barbelli playing number three doubles as the season went on, we transitioned to
0: McKenzie DeFosse and Lawrence Phillips, both seniors, playing double. So a few episodes ago, I went over the Interstate 8 conference that you guys won, and I was saying names, and when I first said DeFosse, I said it right, and then I'm like, no, I think that's wrong, so when <laughs> I said Defoss. I'm glad I'm talking to you right now, so now I got it straight. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, early on, you get the names where you're like, okay... Say
0: their name to me three days in a row because I want to make sure I say it right. So uh, I'm at a little bit of an advantage over you there. <laughs> Just a little. It's okay. It's okay. But now I won't get it wrong again. So we're good. No problem. Awesome. Senior singles players, sophomore, junior. When you look at it on paper for this year, you're like, man, that's young. They're going to be playing seniors, especially at the number one single stage. You're like, oh, they're going to be playing seniors. It's a sophomore. So either they're A, like really, really awesome, or it's a beginning curve. They're learning. But this is the person that you feel best to put in that position. Is that kind of how you felt with your players at those positions?
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, with Carly being a sophomore, you knew she was going to take her lumps. Uh, you got your Ella Marbles from Ottawa. You have your old uh, Runyon from Bloomington, and Bersky from Colleen. You've got these players that you just look at it and say, okay, hey, I want you to learn from them because they were in your shoes at one point in time. Uh, she played Piper Shipman, I think is how you pronounce her last name, from Caneland uh, this weekend. And going into it, I said, hey, this is a solid player. She's played in the state before. Watch what she's doing to make you uncomfortable and then try to do that to other players. So both for her and then for Catherine at number two, being a junior and not having any varsity experience, I just told them, hey, if somebody's doing something to beat you or make you uncomfortable, they can note of that, and then we can work on it in practice so that next year when you're a junior and a senior, we can then go out and be the aggressors and be the one that's making the other team uncomfortable. So I think they've done a great job of balancing – hey, I need to learn from this, this opponent versus also I'm still trying to beat them. So I think both of them have gone into matches where other coaches are saying, okay, well, we've got this one. And they've competed their tails off and not only learned from their opponent, but they've gone out and beat them as well.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, my cat just went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm biting my dog off in the back seat. Right now. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> nice, nice. What is also pretty cool about the LP lineup is, you know, we were just talking about a sophomore and junior in the number one and two singles roles, but your top two doubles teams, one and two, are senior-laden. So that has to be a good feeling, especially with Lauren Klein, who went to state last year. Right. With Lauren, she's been there, done that. She, she's
1: been to the sectional, She's competed at state at the highest level. She's won matches in state. So the leadership that she can bring to the team it is just awesome because they all look up to her and, and say, hey, you've done this. How can we play like you? And then you've got Reece Grail with uh, varsity experience last year. Carissa Etzenbach and Olivia Wood, the same thing. So uh, they're competing at a higher level this year than they did last year. But they've also kind of got that seasonal experience where we play at the free level before. We know the ins and outs of, of doubles. We know where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are, so with them it's been a lot of strategy of, okay, you've got the basics, now here's
0: how you play at this high level, and I think all four of them have really presented the occasion. Throughout the season, what are some things as a team that you kind of seen improving, polishing up as you got some more meets in? the game this is one of
1: the more athletic teams that i've had in my six years as coach and so i never had any issue with okay physically we're going to be a good team but as with all sports i mean there's so much that goes on upstairs uh in your head that sometimes a smarter player is going to be a more athletic player and so seeing the evolution of their their brain game of their mental game where when i go up to the fence to coach them on a changeover uh, Olivia Woods is one of the, the biggest ones or hey, coach, I think we need to do this, this, and this because they're doing this, so we're going to counter it with this and, and we're good. And then I look at her and say, well, I'm just going to stay here and talk to you for a little bit so that it looks like I'm earning my paycheck because you just said exactly what I was going to tell you. So seeing that them not only learn the physical game of tennis but also the mental game and the strategy of it has been really cool to see uh, from day one to now.
0: Are you splitting some of your paycheck with them? (laughs) Unfortunately, I've got a dog to feed, so I can't do that yet. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Kind of going back a few minutes in our conversation, where said you had younger kids at singles, older student athletes on your doubles teams. In your six years, have you ever had a lineup, a roster that was just completely senior laden, and you were strong everywhere, experience wise, physical wise, mind game wise? Thinking back to LP rosters, I don't know if you've ever had that. You've kind of always had to adapt and have people learning all times.
1: Boy, uh, when we won the sectional, that would have been, what, four or five years ago, uh, we had a pretty, pretty strong team, both physically and, and mentally. We had uh, seniors kind of across our lineup. Two uh, juniors, that was Maddie Smith, Angela Bernie Maddie Freeman, that was Pisek. Anna Lindemann, Lindsey Ryan, that was a pretty solid both physical and mental team. And that was the year that we qualified two doubles teams and a singles player to go to state. But I would say, yeah, this is probably one of the top teams in terms of physicality,
0: and in terms of mental game. I would agree with that. Awesome. Very cool. I wasn't trying to put them down at all, the team that you no, have now. No, 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 no. I was just trying to say, with year-wise mapping that out, I mean, there is no mapping in high school. You take it how it comes. So I was just wondering if you ever had that where it was a strong senior-laden team.
1: This is easily the most senior-laden team we've had in the six years that I've been coached. Looking down the, the doubles lineup, all six players at conference are seniors. And I think that just brings a level of confidence to your team because, like we've talked about earlier, it's kind of the bend there, <laughs> It's just whether it makes sense or not. I'm older than you, so I'm going
0: to beat you type of deal. That level of confidence is absolutely something that's an advantage when you're playing. You had mentioned about, you know, tournaments being canceled, postponed, changing around. LaSalle, Peru always has their own invitational. Was there any changes, modifications that you guys had to do to that this year? Yes,
1: yeah, so we lost a couple games because they weren't in our COVID region rather than kind of scramble and find a couple new teams, we just said, you know what, let's change the format. Instead of having uh, individual entries where you have one and two singles, one and two doubles, and everybody's separate, why don't we do it as teams? So what we did, we had already played Mendota and Princeton that season. Mendota took Tagler Park. Princeton took courts five through eight at at the LP complex. And then we took, LP took courts one through four. And then we brought in uh, Dunlap, UC, and Pontiac. And those three teams went and played each of us. So rather than going in as individual entries representing your school, we had our entire team together the entire day. And we just played three dual matches instead of a bunch of individual matches at your own flight.
0: That's innovative right there, sir.
1: <laughs> that was, yeah, Mr. Lee. That was
0: kind of his brainchild. And he's a bright guy. And Dan Lee is the LaSalle, Peru Athletic Director, came over from Ottawa. He seems like he's been doing some good stuff with LP. Mr.
1: Lee, uh, I've known him since I was a kid. Yeah, he's a great guy. He is probably the most organized person I've ever met in my entire life. So just having that level of organization, and, and he is a leader, so having him leading our athletic department has really brought some stability to the athletic department at LP and it has really brought some some good changes.
0: I think. Yeah, not hating on the Cavaliers at all. I love Lasalle Peru, but the athletic director carousel <laughs> was pretty interesting, pretty crazy for quite a long time. Kind of like the defense against their guards teachers in Harry Potter. It's new every year. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good analogy. Every year it was just somebody new. <laughs> you brought up Harry Potter. We're going to take a step away from tennis for a second. We'll probably jump back in it to talk about the sectional. But you are an English teacher. What are some of the top books that your kids get into when you are presenting them for class?
1: Oh, top books. Uh, probably my favorite memory book-wise uh, was actually my first year at LP, Marissa Justy. Uh, Who was a volleyball player at LP? she has been playing at LaSalle out in Pennsylvania. Yep. Okay, she's been playing volleyball up there. She was in my freshman English class. We were reading up Mice and Men, and I don't want to ruin the ending for anybody that hasn't heard it, but I always make sure to read the ending out loud because I want to get their genuine emotion to it. And so I read the ending, and, and I stop, and the entire class is just dead silent for maybe four or five seconds and I look at the teacher's aide that was in the class and I'm like "Uh," kind of we're doing that like unspoken like okay should I say something should I not say something and then Marissa just yells what are you kidding me and then it was like the dam broke and everybody just was giving their opinion on the end of the story to the point where I just kind of sat down and let them talk it out and then Every now and then I ask a prodding question, but they generated the entire discussion that day, and I just looked at Mrs. Saddick, the teacher's aide, and kind of shrugged my shoulders like, alright, here's how this class is going to go today.
0: But it was really cool to see him get into Of My event. What are some of your yeah. other favorites as a teacher and a reader yourself? Uh, some books that I teach in class? Yeah.
1: Great Gatsby's always fun. I always call that the real life of the East and West Egg. Uh, You got all sorts of drama in there. Uh, Fahrenheit 451 is really fun because just there's so many things where Ray Bradbury basically predicts the future and and this is what's going to happen. So that's always fun. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other off the top of my head. Romeo and Juliet, I know it's very stereotypical, but when you talk about hey guys, these, these kids are 13 and 12 or 13 and 14, and they're like, wait a second, they're just being super dramatic 13-year-olds? And I'm like, yup. And they, they get really into that a lot of times. So it's just it's such a fun class to teach because you generate so many authentic discussions, and, and everybody has different life experiences that they can then apply to characters and situations in these stories. It's just always,
0: always great it's always fun i love teaching english i have read every single one of those books that you mentioned they're great they're classic oh yeah no doubt no doubt they are classic those are books that everybody has known or read if you went through high school is it hard for like a new book a new author to get put into that into the school system to have their books read and kind of use as history because those books that you said and the other ones that I'm thinking of have been around forever, and I don't see any new ones coming in. Is it kind of hard, tough, or is it just the, you know, curriculum and things that are set up the way they are, it just works? So, yes and no. I think you kind of have that standard
1: canon that, that teachers pull from. But I know, like, Mrs. Phillips, who teaches honors English 2 and English 3, she just brought in The Hate You Give. And that's a really new book that but is is. Completely really relevant to today's society and generates a lot of authentic discussion. I brought in a couple of years ago Legend by Marie Lu, which she has said herself was a modern day adaptation of late business. So, I mean, and we did that for the anti-hero, if I remember right, Dan. No, the dystopian unit, the dystopian unit. And that was really cool, too, because we were able to compare, okay, here's the futuristic society what parts of that society do you see in today's society and do you have any issues with that or stuff like that. So yes and no, I, I think you kinda get stuck with the old dead guys that you're that you're reading from. Um but I mean as English teachers we're constantly reading anyway, so we're
0: finding different novels that we can bring into the class and have fit our curriculum awesome very cool i always wondered about that because like i said the books that i read and talking to kids along the way it's usually the same one so i just didn't know if there was a way for new ones to get in there if it was kind of hard i was just very curious yeah well that's enough books unless you want to talk more (laughs) english stuff hey don't worry let's get on with it (laughs) we had the interstate 8 conference meet on Saturday, your team pulled away with a two-point victory over Ottawa, 33 to 31. That had been a great feeling, and you were proud of your kids.
1: Oh, I I told them going into it, and I texted them the next day. I just I told them today at practice. I said, "Girls, I'm just so stinking proud of you guys." Uh, I thought they went in and they represented LP so well with their attitude and with how they played. Going in, I knew we had a shot to win it if everything played out according to seed. Uh, But, I mean, that's huge because you get upsets all the time at every level of sport. So we needed to go in and not only not get upset, but maybe even pull some upsets. And we came close a couple different times to both being upset and pulling some upsets. But ultimately, every single entry lived up to their seed. Except for number one doubles, who exceeded their their seed and got first instead of the second that they were seated. This is the first conference championship under six years there, so it was
0: yeah, it, it was a really cool feeling to see the girls play so well and then have it rewarded with uh, the championship. So your first conference win at the Interstate Eight is this your guys' second year in this conference? Uh, yes. It's so not bad, not bad. First win in
1: no. the second year. Yeah, yeah, it's, like I said, I, I think it's setting the standard for our program too because, like, like we talked about, we've got these sophomores and juniors in the singles lineup. We've got a solid team coming up from the fresh soft level. So I'm hoping that, that it kind of becomes a standard of, okay, so we are shooting to win conference instead of, well, you know, I hope we
0: get second or third. Now it's okay, we're, we're looking to be number one. So in sports, writers, sports, media world, kind of going over that hump to the next level. Absolutely, yeah. We're, we're looking to get over that hump and, and
1: really make it to where, like I said, it, it's our goal and expectation to be finishing high up in the conference instead of just trying to
0: do our best in place. Now it's do our best and win it. <laughs> Definitely, always good to shoot higher and get there and stay there instead of falling back down. Exactly. Going into the sectional, some familiar teams on LaSalle Peru's like normal schedule, so I don't know if you've got to play them, but you got Mendota, Morris, Ottawa, St. Bede, Princeton, Pontiac, Streeter, Coal City. Have you seen most of them throughout the year?
1: we
0: have seen let's see i think we've seen everybody in that sectional so you've seen everybody in the sectional and it is at Ottawa where you just won conference so kind of a couple of cool like confidence boost for your team yeah so having played everybody
1: we kind of have the we have a scouting report so we're going in saying okay here's what we did well against this Entries, so let's say from Ottawa, okay, we know what we did well against them to win points. Now, how are we going to maximize that? Or how are we going to counter their strength to flip it to where maybe we lost before, but we're going to win this time? So having that scouting report on everybody, yeah, is, is really nice. And then we've got a week of practice to, to really focus on that and
0: then try and put it on display on Friday and Saturday. Perfect. And without having a state final state tournament, like this is it. So does that add some emphasis to these kids coming into the sectional? I think so. And and I've kind of phrased it as such like,
1: hey, girls, you don't have state. So there's no need to save your energy for next week. There's no need to to look ahead. This is it right here. Let's focus on this and let's go in and let's get the job done.
0: So at practices so far, have you seen that kind of buy-in going to next level? Like, hey, this is it. Let's do it. Absolutely. I mean, going into conference, we,
1: uh, I mean, I told the girls at the beginning of the week, hey, we're going to start ramping up the intensity a little bit. We're going to start really getting after it. Not that you weren't intense or working hard during the season, but there's a different mindset when it comes to playoff time. And I think the girls have responded to that really well. They, they're a team that really likes to have fun and likes to be loose. But man, when you see them really get into a drill and and they'll say, hey, Gunther, we want to work on this today. We we really want to focus on this. We struggled with that yesterday. So they're even bringing stuff to the table uh, for me. And then I say, "Okay," and then I design a drill around that and we're able to focus on that. But yeah, they've absolutely responded to uh, the playoff push.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Sounds like we've had a fun year this year as a coach. This team has been so fun. Uh, I mean,
1: I have fun every year, but you've got all the COVID circumstances. You've got girls who, like Kenzie DeFossey and Lauren Phillips and uh, Angelus Majinski, Genesis Greening, Sarah Peters, Lexi Michael, who had never played tennis before. And they said, you know what? We don't have anything to do in the fall anyway. We're excited the sports are going on, so we're going to come out and we're going to play. So it's been really neat to see that energy as well, where it's kind of like that newfound love for the sport. So it's been nice to see that mixed in with the experienced players who played last year, saying, okay, we know what we need to do, and this is fun, but we're going to work on it getting better.
0: are mastering our craft as opposed to learning it. That newfound energy, that's always a great thing. That's right. I don't know if you know this, but you are to this day my only tennis partner that I've ever had. Against Grace and Arisu. Yep, yep, yep. A couple years ago, I was leaving the paper, went to Texas for a little bit, did not work out how I wanted it to, but came back. But yeah, before I left, I was like, hey, I want to play some tennis. You let me come in, we played some tennis, you were my partner. I think I scored one point the whole time.
1: Hey, but that was an
0: important point. We needed that. For sure, for sure. So I don't know if I ever want to play again, just so I can (laughs) say my one partner was Aaron Gunther. Hey, I appreciate that. Well, during COVID-19, kind of stepped away for a little while. During the springtime, we had like three, four months of straight quarantine. Didn't really do anything. But it sounds like you found something to pick up and got a new love for yourself.
1: Like you said, you got a lot of time on your hands, and a lot of restaurants are closing down, and so I was forced to learn how to cook. Uh, I've been on my own now for a couple of years uh, in my own house, and I was like, you know what? Now's a good time to <laughs> actually work, uh,
0: find my way around the kitchen and figure out how to work this, this oven and microwave and stuff. What kind of dishes have you been making? What is your new expertise?
1: Uh, well, see, now, expert, that makes me sound a heck of a lot better than I actually am. Uh, but, uh, I got an Instapot, so I've been doing, like, a chicken pesto pasta in there, uh, some burrito bowl stuff in there. My great aunt was great in the kitchen, and so I got a bunch of recipes from her for some, like, meatloaf, and my family has been making homemade noodles together,
0: uh, stuff like that, homemade lasagna. Oh, it's been, it's been a blast. Cooking is actually fun. When it first happened, I had done the same thing and started cooking as well. So it's just kind of something you pick up on. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah and then you just learn, okay, I
1: like this flavor, so I'm going to add a little bit extra of this if it calls for it in a recipe and
0: stuff like that. It's, it's been a good time. Very cool, very cool. I mean, we got to play a game on this podcast. We do every episode with our guests. So since you're in cooking, let's play a top five of dishes that you have made so far or that you enjoy. What are some of your top fives? Alright,
1: let's see here. Top five. Uh, So number five, chicken pesto pasta. I started making that in the Instapot. Uh, I got it at Red Dog. I don't remember how long ago, before stuff closed down, obviously. And thought it was amazing, so I looked up some recipes and started making that. That's really good. Burrito Bowl. I'm a big Mickey's Massive burrito fan. I, I could eat there Five days a week, if I had the money to do so. So I started making some burrito bowl stuff in the Instapot as well. So that's been delicious. Growing up, my dad always made a really good and veggie soup uh, and chicken broth. And so I got that recipe from him, and I've been making that. That's probably number three. Uh, also growing up, my parents always made this tater tot casserole, where it's hamburger meat, green beans, tater tots on top of that. Uh, you get some cream of mushroom and cream of celery soup. Mixed in with the green beans and the hamburger, put it in the oven for a while. I plan on making that a lot in the winter, but I practiced in the summer. And that's really good. Uh, and then my number one, I'm kind of going to cheat a little bit. Uh, the Gunther family likes to get together and make some homemade pasta on Sundays. We make a homemade lasagna that I think we weighed at one time, and it was like 17 pounds. Oh, man. It's one of those where you finish eating... And you either thank God you have an elastic strap around your waist or you wish you had one because you just
0: are so stinking full. And then you take a nap. Absolutely, you take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, perfect. I mean, this is the definition of a well-rounded conversation. We go tennis, we go books, and then we go food. Perfect, man. Renaissance, man. Definitely. Thank you for your time, Aaron. Definitely appreciate it. I am not a luck guy. I know you know what you're doing. I know your players know what they're doing. And I'm sure it will show at the Class 1A Ottawa sectional on Friday and Saturday, October 16th and 17th. So, congrats on what you've been doing, man, and have fun. Thank you. Appreciate it, Brandon. The weather is starting to get a little colder. It is Wednesday, October 14th. The LaSalle-Peru girls tennis team is in the sectionals on Friday and Saturday in Ottawa. And we have senior Lauren Klein, a member of the number one doubles team, joining us. How's it going, Lauren? It's going good. Are you ready for the sectional? Uh, of course. How has this year been different? I mean, we have a sectional, and then there's nothing after it, where before you would have state tournament if you advance out of sectional which you did go to last year so coming into this sectional is it a different vibe is it a different feel
2: um yeah i think it is um for like a little bit our coach has kind of been saying treat conference like sectionals and sectionals like state since there is no state um in terms of like those are now the two biggest tournaments of the year
0: Okay, and did you and your number one doubles partner, Bree Strell, kind of put that in your heads? Is that kind of the motivation or the model that you went by in this the last couple of meets?
2: Yeah, um, I think obviously, like, you obviously, of course, want to win the sectional and everything, but at the same time, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, I want to qualify for state. That's first. But now I think the number one thing in our head is we want to win the sectional.
0: Okay. Well, you guys did go on to win the Interstate 8 Conference LaSalle-Peru as a team, scoring 33 to defeat Ottawa by, I think they had 31, and then you and Bree won the number one doubles bracket. So how did that feel to be able to take that home with a lot of good competition at the conference meet?
2: It was really good. Um, We were going in as the two-seed. I think Coach Gunther said we... Kind of exceeded our seed, or we exceeded our expectation by winning. And then um, we also won as a team, and we were the favorites to win um, as a team. We were going in with the most points from the regular season, but obviously it was very close. And so to be able to meet those expectations and win meant a lot. And it was the first conference tournament that I've won, and that we've won as a team um, since Coach Gunther's been here. So. It was, it was really good, and
0: it was a really fun day. How does that make you feel as a senior? You guys were able to do things that other teams that Coach Aaron Gunther has not. He's been there for six years, so that's not a short time, not a crazy long time either, but mm-hmm. six years, you're the first team to be able to do that. How did that make you feel as a senior leader on the team? It felt great. Um, I think it meant a lot to us and
2: also to him. It was great. It was a good day. Um, a lot of energy. I think everyone played, you know, really well,
0: so. In this COVID-19 era that we're in right now, did you give him an air five?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. And with COVID, uh, just to be able to have a season, obviously we're um, grateful for, but then to be able to win conference, you know, with COVID, it was nice. Since being a senior, um, things are a lot different, and we, you know we are losing out on a lot of stuff so
0: tournament conference the senior year tennis felt good definitely is that going to go in your scrapbook as one of the top memories of high school uh yeah
3: probably for
0: sure <laughs> i don't even think people scrapbook anymore but in your memory your memory hall of fame of high school is going to go yeah. in the, it's going to go in there oh uh, for sure so now moving on to sectional, what do you and Bree plan to do going in? Any changes to the game plan? Just play your game?
2: I think just um, play our game and stay us. And uh, Gunther always says, be you out there. You know, we just want to go in. And obviously it's our last time playing as seniors. So, you know, give it our all. And we have nothing to lose. So just go in there and do what we do. And
0: so what is it that you and Bree do? What makes you guys a successful competitive number one doubles team?
2: Bree is better at the net and I'm better in the back. So our I guess strategy kind of is I you know I'm just kind of supposed to keep those rallies going back and forth for as long as I can, and just uh, hope the other team uh, eventually hits it to Bree and she just puts it away when she gets that chance.
0: You're the setter upper and she's the closer. Yeah. Okay, okay. Has that worked for you guys well this season?
2: Yeah, it's um, it's worked pretty well for us. And uh, sometimes we'll have both of us back instead of me at the net sometimes, and that works too because then she can go up to the net where she's at her strong suit and I'm at the back where I'm at my strong suit. Which of you are the
0: taller player? Bree's taller. How tall are you?
2: I'm like 5'3", five, 5'4". Five,
0: so you're a feisty 5'4".
2: Yeah.
0: Makes sense, makes sense. And you're pretty quick, too. I remember watching you play basketball. uh
2: uh-huh. Yeah, I try to use my speed in the back to just get to all the balls, and then Brie uses her strength at the net.
0: Perfect. And it has obviously played out well for you guys.
2: Yeah, it has.
0: But this is the first year in high school that you guys have been partners, correct?
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, I started playing my freshman year, and she started playing her sophomore year. But this is the first time ever that we've ever
0: played together. Last year, you went to state as a doubles team, or as a doubles player, too, correct?
3: Yeah, with Amy Ernett, and she graduated.
0: That's got to be an awesome feeling to be like, my junior and senior year, played really good tennis, went to state, and if there was a state tournament, I may have had a chance to go again, but you still have a chance to win a sectional.
2: Right, yeah, and that's that's the goal going in As I think as a whole team we want to win and, uh, you know, there'd be no better feeling than to win conference as a team and then to win
0: the sectional as a team. I could just picture Aaron Gunther putting like a note or like a post-it note on it, be like this was the real state trophy. <laughs> yeah, probably. He would do it. I could see it. For sure. We have briefly mentioned COVID-19 and you know, change stuff off a little bit. What were some of the main differences from your previous seasons to this season because of the times that we're in right now?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So we didn't play as many tournaments, I felt like. We still played uh, quite a few tournaments, but not as many as we did. A couple were canceled due to COVID, like last-minute cancellation. Someone tested positive. And then a couple we weren't able to go to because they were out of our region. We usually have our Lady Cavs invite, and that had to be modified, where it was kind of just a round robin with three other teams. But I still think like we've still gotten to play quite a bit, even with COVID. I mean, out of tennis, we have to wear masks on the bus. If we have practice inside, we wear masks. But um, in the game, it kind of feels the same. We're still, you know, playing tennis.
0: Is tennis your favorite sport?
2: Um, I don't, I don't really have a favorite, actually. In season, like when I'm in the season for one of my sports, I feel like, oh, this is my favorite. But then I go to the next one, I'm like, oh, no, this is my favorite.
0: What all sports do you do for LaSalle, Peru?
2: I do tennis, basketball,
0: and softball. Are you going to add a sport in there? Because really this year there's four seasons now. Yeah, I could, but I don't think I'm going to. If you could, what sport would that be? Probably volleyball. Your speed would help there too?
2: Yeah. I haven't picked up a volleyball since eighth grade, so.
0: You gave up volleyball for tennis when you got into high school? Uh, yeah. So at least tennis was your favorite over volleyball?
2: Um, yeah, actually I'd never, like, really picked up a tennis racket before freshman year. I just wasn't that big of a volleyball player, so I thought I'd go out for tennis, and it ended up working out.
0: I would say you went to state last year. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a good idea to pick it up. Yeah, it was. So now that that was your first one that you picked up in your freshman year, how many do you own now? How many rackets do you have? Uh, just two. Two? Yeah,
2: I had one my freshman and sophomore year, and then I got a new junior year that I use now. I keep it simple.
0: Yeah, I like that. You know, a lot of people will be like, oh, I need another one like every couple months. You're like, nah, Uh I got mine. Yeah. So right now there is a board meeting going on deciding if LaSalle, Peru High School is going to be back in session in the classroom. They originally had started where you could be in the classroom. I think it was like 80, 20 percent. We had talked to Steve Robleski on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, the superintendent. And he had said that was working well until there was a positive case. And then everybody went to e-learning. He said they were going to try to bring people back by the end of the first quarter, which is October 16th. So there's a board meeting right now. Lauren, how have you felt about this process and trying to get your senior year done for high school?
3: I voted
2: or to go back on to school for that hybrid option. I think that was what it was. But um, it's definitely been hard to get in a routine with uh, the in-school and then we were online. And then even with the online, it's kind of hard to get in a routine and to get up and get going. I'm just hoping that we go back. But if we don't, I understand. Try to get up at the same time every day, whether I have uh, Zooms or not with my teachers, just to try and stay in a routine. And I think that helps for tennis.
0: Throughout this whole process, through – COVID-19 kind of started in March. We are now in October. It has been here pretty much the entire time. Have you ever felt, like, scared or anxious or worried about the whole deal?
2: Uh, I think at the beginning, I definitely was quite a bit. I obviously followed the quarantine and all that. I didn't really leave for quite a time, even when they lifted that. Um, Now, I mean, going to tennis every day and stuff like that, I like, I guess, get out more, but, um, I still, you know, take the precautions and I, you know, it's a pretty serious thing, so.
0: During that initial quarantine, did you do anything awesome?
2: Started running a little bit, but, uh, since tennis started, I've kind of gotten
0: out of that. Gotcha. You didn't build a fort with, like, plastic forks or anything?
3: Uh, no, I did not.
0: (laughs) Did you ever think about building a plastic fork? fort
2: um it might have crossed my mind
0: that would have been unique i would have came and take pictures if you let me yeah well talking about plastic forks i mean most people besides using them for forts use them to eat we did a top five foods that we like to eat meals that we like to eat or enjoy with coach aaron gunther want to do the same with you so let's break down a top five foods with you you can start either way you want to. One being the best, five being the worst. What are your top five?
2: All right. So uh, anyone who knows me knows that, like, if we're going out to eat somewhere, I'm getting chicken tenders or chicken nuggets and fries. Like, that's my go-to. That's what I get if it's on the menu. So that's my number one would be chicken tenders. Um, my number two would probably be chicken nuggets. My number three would be a chicken sandwich. Uh, my number four, I'd say, would be uh, probably a filet, if I'm being a little fancy.
0: Is that a chicken huh? filet?
2: No, uh, steak. And then my number five, I would say, would just be a cheeseburger.
0: I thought you were going to go chicken the whole route.
2: Like, when we could go out to eat for tennis on um, the past seasons, like, we'd go somewhere and they'd be like, oh, Klein doesn't need a menu, she's getting chicken tenders. <laughs>
0: Usually if you get chicken tenders or chicken nuggets, they ask you for your sauces. What sauce are you getting?
2: Usually just ketchup, but if I'm getting tired of just chicken tenders and ketchup, then I will get ranch. Pretty simple.
0: It sounds like you are famous for your chicken tender obsession. Uh, yeah. Do your parents at least try to make some different meals so you're not always just eating chicken tenders?
2: Uh, they try to make them, but I usually don't eat them. (laughs) Why not? I just stick to my chicken tenders, because I, I know I'm going to like them.
0: So are you a picky eater and only want to eat chicken tenders?
2: Yeah, for the most part.
0: Oh, wow. So like that's <laughs> the only thing you ever want to
2: eat? I'll eat a burger. I'll eat um, pork every once in a while, but my, my go-to is chicken tenders.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So if you're out and about. And you wanted to go to a restaurant, and you're like, hey, I'm uh-huh. going to get chicken tenders. What restaurant are you going to first for chicken tenders? Mm, I'm, I'm going to have to go with
3: Culver's.
2: They, they got some solid chicken tenders.
0: Solid chicken tenders at Culver's. I like it. I've never yeah. had them. I'm going to have to try them. Oh, they're, they're pretty good. Well, Lauren, I want to thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. You have the sectional coming up in Ottawa Friday and Saturday, so not a, a luck guy. I know you got the skills. You and Bree have been playing awesome tennis all year, so yeah. have fun and do your thing at sectional. Thank you. It's
2: it's definitely going to be tough, but the whole team knows that we can do it, so.
0: The other half of the LaSalle-Peru number one doubles team, senior Brianna Stroh, With us now, how's it going, Bree? I'm good, how are you? I am doing all right. Are you ready for sectional coming up this weekend? Yeah. Are you pumped up for you and Lauren to be back in Ottawa? You just wrapped up the Interstate 8 conference meet in Ottawa, which you guys were victorious, the team and the number one doubles team. Now you're going back to Ottawa for the sectional. Is that kind of cool playing at the same place and back-to-back events?
3: Yeah, I'm excited
0: for it, and it's good because it's like a familiar place. Have you guys played there earlier in the season?
3: Not this year, but we have last year, and last year's sectionals was there, I'm pretty sure.
0: This is your first year partnering with Lauren. Who was your partner last year, or where were you at on the roster last year?
3: Last year and sophomore year, I was two doubles with Olivia Woods, except for last year. The last half of the season, I was two doubles with Sterling Tungit. She was a senior last year, so.
0: So having a few different partners, how has it been partnering with Lauren
3: I've had a really good time this season. She's fun to play with. We work good together. Like,
0: we have different skills and they match up. She was saying that she's a better back row player and you're better in the front. Do you agree with her? Yeah, I'm
3: still working on, like, Ground strokes and, but I've gotten a lot better. But I'm still
0: better positioned just at the front. What is it about the front that you like?
3: Like when the other team hits it low, like right at me, I like slam it down at them,
0: and end the point.
3: And then if it goes over my head, then Lauren can she gets there really fast and
0: can hit it over. So is this safe to say that you're the taller, more physical player, and she is the shorter, kind of quicker player that can manage the back row? Yeah. You know, coming into your senior year, obviously, how quickly did you know that Lauren was going to be your partner?
3: I kind of knew, like, end of last season, Coach Gunther was, like, already planning it out in his head, and he mentioned it, so I was kind of expecting it because he knew our different skills and how we were good together.
0: Were you cool with that? Are you and Lauren friends outside of tennis?
3: We never really had any classes in school. But
0: I've always been, like, cool with her. We just used to not talk a lot. But this year, we were friends in tennis. I briefly mentioned the Interstate 8 conference meet. That had been an amazing feeling being able to take that as not only the number one doubles team, but also as the LaSalle-Pru Lady Cavaliers.
3: Yeah, it was exciting.
0: Did you jump up in joy?
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, my... The rest of the team didn't seem as excited as
0: me and Lauren were, but, I mean, I don't know. We all got medals, but it was really close with Ottawa. Yeah, if I remember right, it was two points. You guys had 33 and they had 31. Yeah, it's going to be tough at sectionals. We're going to have to work hard. Are there any number one doubles, tandems, duos that you guys are gearing up for or know that they're going to be a tough out?
3: I think our main one
0: is Ottawa, but we've already beat them twice, so I know we can beat them again if we put our minds to it. I think some of the other teams that are there are Pontiac, Mendota, Coal City, Princeton, St. Bede. I know there's a few more, but I don't know them off the top of my head. Any of those double teams stand out as maybe teams that you remember playing or teams that you guys might have a tough time with?
3: Oh, Morris. We lost against Morris, so they might be a a tough team. I can definitely beat them, too.
0: I mean, you guys can take out anybody, right?
3: Yeah. It all depends on, like, our energy throughout the game. We have to stay positive because if we get down on ourselves, then we don't do too
0: good. How have you and Lauren been with that throughout the season, being up and positive rather than being down and kind of on yourselves?
3: Uh, We kind of struggle with that, because, like, it's hard to stay positive even when you're, like, down by a lot. But especially, like, with
0: conference, we did great staying positive, and I think that's why we did good. And racking up the W's also helps. Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. Anything that you and Lauren have been working on trying to polish up before going into sectional play?
3: I think individually we have our own stuff to work on,
0: but... I don't know. I think most of it is just, like, silly mistakes that we can fix. We have both mentioned Coach Aaron Gunther. How has he helped you develop as a tennis player?
3: He's a great coach, and he's probably my favorite coach I've had in, like, any sports. He, like, motivates us to get better, but not in, like, a harsh way, like that you see in some coaches. He's, like, very
0: positive when he's coaching us. I've known Coach Gunther for... Quite a few years now, and he's kind of hard to explain. He's kind of, like, serious, but then goofy at the same time. Like, all the time, he's like that.
3: Yeah, that makes it fun at practices, and because, like, he can be serious when he needs to be with any jokes
0: around the bus. So is it kind of like, hey, I'm going to be tough, and I'm going to show you this game, and I want you to be awesome, but at the same time, I want you to enjoy your awesomeness? Yeah, exactly. So that's the definition of Aaron Gunther?
3: Yeah, pretty much. He knows when he needs to be serious and when we need
0: to be serious, to, like, focus on our game. But he also wants us to enjoy and have fun playing tennis. You did mention, you know, he's your favorite coach of other sports. What other sports are you in at La Salle Peru? I've done track for three years, and I didn't
3: like the coaches as much last year but I still had fun during track. But this year, I'm going to do soccer. And I, I did soccer, like, my whole life up until high school, and I, I wanted
0: to do it for one last year just for the fun of it. What is it about soccer that you loved as a kid and that you want to get back into it?
3: I had fun playing the game, and I've always been kind of, I don't know, I don't want to, like, brag, but, like, I've been better at it than a lot of people. Like, I've always had that talent. And I want to see if I can do good in soccer this year, if I still
0: have have it. If you still got the game? Yeah. (laughs) When you did play, where did you play at?
3: It was called Ivy, Illinois Valley Soccer League. So it was like a grade school thing. And then I I was
0: going to do it freshman year, but I thought I wanted to do track instead. I regret not doing soccer. What was it about track that kinda leered you away from soccer those years?
3: I like competition and with track there's not as much competition as like when
0: you're playing an actual game with like with points. So that's pretty much what it was. Kinda seems like self competition leered you into track because, you know, you're trying to get the best times, or in your case, you were a jumper, so you were trying to get, you know, the best leaps, and then you're like, hey, I need points system in my life, I need to try to score more goals.
3: Yeah, I did uh, running events too, and I don't know, I I just wasn't, I didn't see myself improving, so, and I like competing against other players, like, in a game instead of just I don't know. Like the competition's better when you're playing with people in a
0: game rather than a track where it's just everyone's kind of separate. So you're more of a team sport kind of person? Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Was it a hard decision coming into senior year? I know you just said you regret not playing soccer, but you did devote three years to track. Was it a tough decision? Like, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave track and go to, to soccer.
3: The first two years were definitely fun, and I did it because my friends were in it, too. That was another reason. But now that senior year is here, like, this is my last chance to do soccer again.
0: So I'm fine letting track go. So no tears were shed? No. Any wadded-up tissues? (laughs) Nope. Well, whether you're playing tennis or on the track team or on the soccer team, We all love to eat, no matter what. We did a top five food meals that you enjoy. We did it with Coach Aaron Gunther. We've done it with your number one doubles teammate in Lauren Klein. Now it's your turn. Give me a top five of your favorite food or meals that you enjoy. You can either start at the top, which would be number one, your favorite, or number five, your least favorite of these five. So go ahead and start. Give us the top five. My top's
3: probably got to be pasta, like any kind of pasta. And second would be wings, boneless wings. And then I really like cheesy potatoes. And pizza's in there, obviously, because he doesn't like
0: pizza. Truth. And then uh, probably pancakes. Nice. I like the range you went there. Yeah. All right, moving down the list. You started with pasta. We talking about like spaghetti or lasagna, red sauce, white sauce? All of it. Just pasta in general?
3: Mm hmm.
0: You forgot mac and cheese. Oh, got ya. Shells and cheese, got to love those too. Yep. Wings. Are we going hot, barbecue, teriyaki? What kind of sauce?
3: I usually get mild and medium buffalo wings or
0: barbecue. And I like beat up's wings. Okay, okay. And then the last question off of your food list. What's your favorite pizza topping?
3: I don't have a favorite, but I have a worst favorite.
0: Okay.
3: I don't like sausage pizza but I'll eat anything
0: else on pizza. I'm right there with you. I do not like sausage pizza. I will eat sausage on Supreme, but I will not eat just sausage pizza.
3: Yeah, because
0: it's got to blend in with everything. Truth. Well, Bree, Brianna, I kind of like Bree better. Is it okay if I call you Bree? Yeah,
3: that's fine.
0: Perfect. Bree. thank you for joining Edge of Your Sea Podcast. I know you and Lauren are going to do awesome at sectional... And hopefully you have a great year. You too, thanks.